How are Washington Department of Ecology inspectors supposed to do their jobs if a global pandemic is keeping everyone at home six feet apart? Turns out there's some pretty innovative ideas on how to get the job done, as you're about to hear. I'm Eric Ebel, Communications Manager for Ecology's Hazardous Waste and Toxics Reduction Program, and joining me is Ecology's Matt Quarterman, the Compliance Unit Supervisor out of the Northwest Regional Office, along with Lisa Purley, Compliance Inspector for the Southwest Regional Office. Matt, Lisa, thanks for your time. Thanks, Eric. You're welcome. No one could have prepared for the impact that COVID-19 has had on the Department of Ecology, let alone citizens and the entire world. What went through your mind, Matt, when you first heard that everything was shutting down indefinitely? Once I had an opportunity to move past the personal and sort of collective impacts to us societally, and started thinking about how this impacted our work, I started realizing that all of our, all the work that our, our compliance inspectors were tasked with doing would be definitely changed or altered for, for quite some time moving forward. Lisa, do you have anything to add? I just agree. It was a pretty big leap to start to think about how would we do compliance inspections from our home and how would we continue to do that work for the state, for the generators, and just realizing we had to be creative and come up with other ways. While most folks were suspending their activities due to the effect of the pandemic, you saw an opportunity to adapt and refine the way HazWaste conducts inspections. Tell me about that. I think we knew what our, our typical process was as far as conducting unannounced dangerous waste compliance inspections. And we knew that for a pretty long period of time that we weren't going to be able to do our inspections as we knew them. And so I think every single one of us wanted to derive value and continue to have meaningful work to do in doing our compliance and regulatory oversight. You know, we need to think about some tweaks to how we could do that work. We started in, in March, pretty shortly after we were provided the instructions to work from home, with thinking about how we could adapt our, our approach to a, a more virtual platform. The, the group was called the Innovative Inspection Work Group. It was composed of folks uh, statewide uh, with a variety of different experience levels and and backgrounds, and I think that we, we were able to really think through some really interesting, innovative approaches as a group. So your initial pilot program that you created was to work out uh, any potential kinks in a remote inspection plan. How did that go, and what kind of feedback have you received? We sort of started with what the purpose of our inspections were, both to ourselves and, and the regulated community and to the citizens of Washington, and started to begin thinking through how we could still meet those core commitments and goals given the, the constraints that we found ourselves in, which was not really knowing if, if members of a regulated community were even still in business or if they were doing things different than what they did originally, as far as maybe they changed what their, the manufacturing that they were doing, for an example. So, so that was the, the first step. And then the second step was just thinking through the technological, right? I think that all of us were really surprised with how a lot of our meetings became virtual and how effective they still were for the most part. Um, how much we had this, this sort of video conference tools at our disposal the whole time, and yet we weren't really using them. And so I think we started to, to get more confident through you know, what we were able to accomplish, all, all of us sitting at home, and started wondering how we could maybe adapt some of those, those approaches to, to a, a regulatory inspection. The pilot program also allowed us to feel out from the generators their comfort level in doing a virtual or video streaming on their premises and of course you have different levels of comfort with that um, some are fine with giving it a try and others are concerned and you get pushback and so through this whole process I think it can really refine 
inspectors' skill sets in opening up much better communication channels and um, realizing we need to be very flexible and understanding with our regulated community because it's unprecedented times for them to try and run business through all of this as well and still have regulatory oversight over them. What was some of the pushback that you got when you were approaching the regulated community with the idea of doing these new virtual inspections? It's not extensive pushback that I personally have received. It's just been a little concern and curiosity as well as to what do you mean? And some of them have experienced previous inspections when we are there on the ground and want to know how is it going to be different? How are we going to be evaluated if you're not here? concerns about technology and will it be able to meet the needs and will we be able to get clarity in seeing how they're operating their businesses and managing their waste. That's more of the concerns more than really hard pushback from them. Matt, walk me through what it's like to go through a virtual inspection and how it's different from an in-person inspection. So the approach that we eventually kind of settled on, there's four steps to it. So the, the first step involves in-depth research. So utilizing some of our databases and some of our additional information that we have that we collect uh, routinely about our, our regulated generators. And then an additional layer to that is, is also sort of evaluating, you know, whether or not the, the business is still in operation, you know, so that, that's a new, definitely a new piece that I think we incorporated as part of um, trying to do this work during the pandemic. And so assuming that that step goes well and that we are able to determine whether or not the business is still in operation, we then move to sort of a second step, which involves a document request. And so that, that's actually something we've had for quite some time and, and is grounded in our regulations that we have the ability to request documents to review of our regulated generators at, at most any time. Um, and so the second step involves that document request. And then during that document request, we're sort of leading to and sort of discussing with the generator that we would like to do a virtual inspection and trying to get a sense as to whether or not that's that's possible. The virtual component may result, if, if we see things that are really concerning, if we see unmitigated spills or you know, signs of illegal disposal, or we aren't able to get just really good, um, a good visual on what their, their processes are or, or allow, it's possible that we could follow up with an on-site inspection. So you created this pilot program and it has since been determined to be a success. So what are the next steps for remote inspections going forward? We all were a little bit surprised. So when we initially were sort of testing this out, we actually did a, a mock inspection, and I think we were all a little bit surprised actually about how, how clear the audio was and how good the video was and how much we could actually see. So yeah, I, I do think it, it was a success. I do think it's been a, a surprise about how well it has worked in some cases, but that's not to say that there aren't some limitations and some other considerations that we're very much trying to still kind of figure out. It, it's a success, but I wouldn't necessarily suggest that there isn't more work to do. Yeah, I would say it's a continued work in progress. We're still trying to refine our skills as inspectors in doing remote inspections, as well as how to use the technology to our advantage and to make our jobs successful as best we can in this environment. And I think we also have come to realize now that we've done a few during the pilot, some of the things we didn't realize when we were just formulating this approach is that we actually as inspectors have to do a, a different job of prioritizing where we're gonna go to visit at sites and what we wanna look at. 
And in the past, you could just walk through the entire facility and it would take however many hours it takes to do your inspection. Well, now we don't have the freedom of time in that sense because of battery life and technology won't last as long and we can't assume everyone's going to have backup batteries. The other part is fatigue on the videographer, which we didn't anticipate when we were thinking of this program. But after doing some inspections, we realize it is exhausting for someone to hold a camera up, whether it be a phone or a tablet or whatever, for an hour or longer. And that was my next question. Do you think remote inspections will become part of the standard protocol even after the coronavirus goes away? I think that's yet to be determined by management and folks deciding if it makes the most sense. And then after doing a number of them to determine is it as successful and precise as on the ground inspections or not? I mean, it's different. Are we capturing all of the stuff that we used to be able to capture when we walked through a facility? That's highly unlikely. Um, you're not seeing everything in the same lens that you see it when you're walking through there. Um, but I do see its advantage as a tool going forward. For example, if you have a, a very remote location, there's probably advantages to trying to do a remote, but whether it should become standard protocol, I am not convinced of it yet. Perhaps another tool in the toolbox then. I think ultimately, you know, moving past the pandemic, I, I could see it still having some, some utility for some of the more remote locations. You know, maybe where there's just not as much waste generation occurring, or we have a, a pretty solid understanding of kind of what's been going on there. And so, yeah, I mean, it could save somebody a two and a half hour, you know, driving the car one way. I think that merits some consideration, but I think to sort of expect that it's going to be uh, deployed as widespread as we are kind of looking to do so right now, I think, kind of remains to be seen. I do, I do think we are starting to have a more crystallized sense of some of the limitations. How has the Federal Environmental Protection Agency been involved in the process while you've been developing this program? There was a window of opportunity with EPA, right? We're an authorized program and the rules that they set and what they sort of, for lack of a better word, allow us to do, I think kind of also allowed us to open the door on being able to do some of this. Yeah, I think there's still so much unknown from EPA and EPA's perspective on all this. I mean, they're they're still trying to figure out how to do their own inspections this way, right? And they they are kind of looking to us, to Washington, to see what you're doing because we jumped on it and we tried to establish some sort of protocol in order to do inspections. So it's all really a moving target. Region 10 has been very interested to hear kind of what we're doing. I think they've asked some really great questions. Like when we presented the material to them, they've asked questions about how much extra resources, for example, this takes. And so I think they're interested. I think they're very much still in an information gathering mode. I think they're also acknowledging that at least within our region, we definitely seem to be more on the forefront of, of establishing uh, these procedures than, than maybe some of the other states are. Yeah, they're not directing any of it. They're fact-finding and interested in asking questions, but they're not really pushing their thumb down on us directing how this should be done in any way. Matt Quarterman, Compliance Unit Supervisor for the Washington Department of Ecology's Hazardous Waste and Toxics Reduction Program, along with Lisa Purley, Compliance Inspector for the Southwest Regional Office, helping to protect human health and the environment with innovative new inspection techniques. Matt and Lisa, keep up the good work. Thank you, Eric. Thanks, Eric.